nearly live from the Legends Lounge, the Full House Monk Breton, Barnsley. This is on the Pontiend.com, the podcast. This is Wilkie and this is episode 8 of OnThePontien.com, the podcast. In this episode, we review this weekend's recent fixture with French Varos. Um, we also introduce um, a new feature to the programme, which gives you the ability to test um, the knowledge of a human version of Barnsley's Google. Um, and thirdly, we uh, invite you all to enter a competition. Mick just didn't realise he was giving away a prize just yet. It's all here. In the latest episode of OnThePontiEnd.com. This is OnThePontiEnd.com, the podcast. I hope this is welcome. Welcome to OnThePontiEnd.com, the podcast. Um, with me this evening, again, I've got Mick, Paul and Jeff. Evening, lads. Thanks for coming along. How are you doing? Thank you. Um, just to pick up on probably Saturday, first of all. First home game, or certainly first game uh, as a friendly that we've, we've watched at Oakwell. Barnsley versus French Varos. Have I got that right, Jeff? Just about, yeah. It sounds okay <laughs> to me, that. Tramstown, apparently, when it's, uh, it's uh, translated into English. Right. Yeah. 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 I think we did match programme or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Tramstown, as, uh, as, as Barnsley were uh, playing on Saturday 3 2. Um, Jeff, did you go down? Yes, yes. Uh, the thing about it was we, we weren't quite sure how uh, how good the opposition were or mm-hmm. how you know um, what sort of level equivalent you know what our equivalent level is a division one division two etc. Yeah. Also, they had a very big squad, twenty uh, odd, and uh, again we weren't sure when they'd got the first team on the pitch and yeah. when they got the second team on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to judge um, our performance, mm-hmm. but. Um, it seemed to liven up a bit when the youngsters came on second half. And it's that um, a lot of those lads were development squad members from yeah. Sheffield United. Apparently, yeah. a lot of English names are sort of yeah. mm. I, I saw that Paul Shaw. I remember him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember him. Gillingham and Sheffield United. Apparently, he's had a host of clubs, but I, I remember him being transferred. I, I can't remember which way it was. Yeah. Gillingham to Sheffield, or the other way around. The guy with the bald head. Yeah, I remember him. But uh, not not the others. They mm. were strangers to me. Yeah. Paul, your take <clears> on things? I don't enjoy game. I thought it was smashing. And you know, good some good football and that. And like I said, but second half when we got young lads on and that, you, you, I, I, as I went into game, I was a little bit thinking, well, what's going to be happening? You know, I hope everything looks okay. As mm. I come out, I was fairly pleased. I thought, uh, hey, there's some good young lads there. Any you particular stars? I thought Botter did well. You know. Um, winger, mm-hmm. young lad. Um, <laughs> that's the man. Yeah, you know, get it by a line and knocking crosses in, you know, like they used to do years ago. Yeah. And uh, Sodji there, you know, for sticking his head on one and sticking it in. And oh, Bajai, if we'd have just signed him, you know, and you didn't know him, you'd yeah. think, hey, this is, this is a decent lad, this. Mm-hmm. So, fairly pleased when I come out. Is that how you saw things, mate? Yeah, a lot of, lot of pluses. Uh, only a couple of minuses. Um, the um, the Egyptian guy, what his name is, Amor, I won't 
uh, enamoured with him. I didn't think he played well. And, yeah. and the half-time goulash weren't too good either upstairs in <laughs> at 64 stand. But apart from that, everything else was fine. <laughs> I mean, all in all, just sort of reviewing what happened during game. I think um, just to kick off with, I mean, before even before even a ball were kicked, um, I think a totally, I think being precise here, seventy-one Hungarian fans made their way <laughs> into the the West Stand. Um, would any be surprised by how many people turned up to watch a friendly Oakwell? Well, did did they actually? I mean, are they local people? We have quite a big Hungarian community, here, you know. I don't know. Based in Kendry, perhaps. They all live in Britain, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought the crowd was probably what you expected, um, you know, taking account the number of season ticket holders and how many they might have sold by yeah. now. Yeah. You would have guessed it four or five thousand, I would have thought, you know, and not all of them would want to turn up possibly uh, for yeah. various reasons. Yeah. But five thousand was, was, wasn't bad at all. I don't know how lot have made much out of it because they'll all be season ticket holders, most of it. Yeah. Most of them. Yeah, I imagine so. But um, it just made it slightly different from your average friendly, just sort of hearing some sort of voices in the distance over there yeah, that, that yeah. the French Verus and brought some support with them yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've got to be honest, I mean, my opinion was that I thought they were pretty steady side. I thought they knocked the ball around really well. Mm. Yeah. And in certain periods, Pinders pinned us back and that started mm. to, to worry me early on. I thought, well, nothing, <laughs> nothing's changed again. We just seem to be defending on, on the edge of his own area. Um, and then we got his first goal. Now, from memory, I can't remember whether or not it was uh, Macken or... No, cross They say it was an own goal, but uh, I, I couldn't yeah. see it because, as I say, I was yeah. right on yeah. the side in welcome stand, but it, uh, it hit somebody and ballooned in, didn't it? Mm. But they all count, don't they? Absolutely. But I think it was a pretty even match yeah. in the first yeah. half, and yeah. I think, ultimately, to be in the position that we're in at half-time, I thought were a fair result. Mm. Came back out in the second half, um, French Barris had entirely changed around their team, mm. Um, as I say, a mixture of development players from Sheffield United as well as uh, possibly their, their B team, if there is such a thing over mm-hmm. there. Even remember some of the squad numbers went into bingo numbers. You know, I think we had number 88 playing at one point. Mm-hmm. Bo lad weren't even on programme. He went enough room there, I don't think. He went even on programme, So from that point of view, you know, we were playing an entirely different setup, but the play still remains the same. They're a very efficient mm-hmm. passing squad, knocked the ball around well, yeah. at times kept us pinned back. And... Uh, I think all in all, um, when we did start to bleed some at youngsters, a couple of lads did stand out. Mm. Um, one we've not mentioned yet is uh, Noble Lazarus. Mm. Seems to play him out on the left um, a little bit. Um, so, again, I don't know whether that's his, his kind of natural position, mm. whether the lad's a real finisher, but one of the things that stood out for me was that, well, two attempts he'd made, the second attempt actually turned into goal for Sodji, mm. but they were both exact same attempts where mm. um, Noble Lazarus had gone down the left wing, knocked mm. a ball into centre and... Uh, and Sodji had knocked it in. Yeah, yeah. they, they, were, good, they were good crosses, and they weren't these high floaters. You know, they, they were sort of fairly sharp, yeah. low trajectory things. You know, and um, say it on his head, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, but on, on both occasions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As I say, I think taking some of the positives out of the game, you probably had a better view of this than anyone else, mate. I mean, Odijay's goal. Well, I've seen it. I've seen it uh, a couple of times on on the Barnsley website. Uh, only because it was free that particular goal. Refused <laughs> to pay for it. But um, it, it's surprising how how, uh, how adept he was and, and how he kind of went inside two players mm. and, and he, he he kind of shouldered arms and 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 just curled it. It was yeah. a fabulous goal. Yeah. If that had been Ronaldo, it would have been shown time and time again on TV. Yeah, 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 you know, I mean, uh, he looked leaner. He looked fitter. 
and yeah. he looked up for it. And I just hope uh, that's a sign for the future. I just hope he, you know, he, he carries on like that because mm-hmm. he looked, certainly looked, didn't look like the uh, ODJ that I remember. Yeah. No, I think I'd agree with that as well, Mick. I think a lot of the players <coughs> look lean and fit and ready for it mm-hmm. the start of the season. And I'm going to probably take probably what is a controversial view for me now. If I started the season and said, OK, everybody starts with a level playing field here. Mm-hmm. Last season's now behind us. You know, if that's the squad that we're going with at the moment, do you see any obvious weaknesses? Well, we need a few more players. We all know that. Um, I mentioned it at the last podcast mm-hmm. that the squad, the squad numbers were made up of the younguns, and if yeah. you took, if you take them away, mm-hmm. I, I didn't count them, but they only looks to be about fourteen, what you might call senior players. Yeah. And we need more than that. We need at least another four. I think everyone knows what positions we need. Goal. Uh, uh, goalkeeper's obvious, mm-hmm. but the others, I think it's, it's one, one in each department, basically. Mm-hmm. A striker, midfielder, Charlie Adam, they've been after. Mm-hmm. Full-back and a centre-half. Mm-hmm. Um, or or a, a, one to cover both those last two positions. It'd yeah. be nice if we could get someone that could play at both. Yeah. Whether he's going to use Potter, uh, Luke Potter or not, um, in any in any quantity sort of thing um, I don't know 14 players I, I do believe taking away the youngsters yeah. um, talking about the keeper David Priest came in for, for that for that game mm. on, on trial and, uh, and Paul we're, we're just on Ponce end aren't we mm. I mean what yeah. we all take on on, on Priest is First possible I number two I, I thought it, it were good at distributing ball mm-hmm. which yeah. you know is, is something that we need mm-hmm. you know right and he seemed up for it when he got it in his hands and that it's flung out and put to people or you know and didn't waste much Yeah, you know which gets you going mm-hmm. you know you've got possession you know, you're away yeah. so I was impressed with that I mean we're both goals mate could you get a better angle in terms of where you were sat in terms of why they happened it seemed to me both that actually came as square balls straight into area amongst a lot of mixed bodies but couldn't really see much beyond that did you yeah, say well I th- I think for both goals the, 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 the guy shouldn't have been able to get his crossing for me because there, mm. there were a couple of three Barnsley players around him and on, on both occasions he managed to get a crossing where they should, I think they should have closed him down yeah. on, on, on both occasions and um, that's that, that that's again for me looks like there's going to be a problem as there doesn't seem to be enough speed in back four mm-hmm. at the moment mm-hmm. um, so that's got to be looked at. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me personally, I think, again, just mirroring what Paul said, distribution from Priest thought were first rate. Mm. The amount of times we seem to be pumping the ball back out of the area, mm. back to the opposition, just to invite him back onto mm. us time and time and time again. Yeah. Whether or not he's as good a shot stopper as, as Muller, or whether any other keeper who gets as good a shot stopper, I think what you get back is you take a lot of pressure. Mm. And off the back four in the midfield. Mm. And, and I agree with Jeff as well that, you know, mm. we're probably still three or four players yeah. shy of perhaps where we need yeah. to be and interestingly something's actually come out in the independent today where um, season ticket sales apparently on a record high um, not only have renewals uh, come through at a fair rate but they're now expecting ticket sales to exceed the best that they've been in the last decade mm. so we were talking about this last week in terms of mm. putting the club on a on a stronger financial footing mm. money this year in the championship's got to be better mm. if season ticket sales are up then clearly you know, we, we're filling the coppers far more, coppers far more than we were last season. And mm. um, we've not going to spend any money yet. Mm. And from what I reckon, you know, looking around the ground, there weren't many billboards that weren't taken commercially. Mm. Looks as though mm. we've got a lot mm. of advertising taken care yeah. of. Yeah, um, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, are we in re- really a position at the moment? Are other clubs also stalling in terms of which, which players they're going for at the moment? Something that I picked up on you'd said, Jeff, 
Blackpool have had a deal accepted or an offer accepted by Rangers, but they've still not closed the deal. Mm. Mm. I haven't heard anything at all. I've looked all over the place. Uh, I've put Charlie Adam in, in the internet and all sorts of different things. But I looked at the Blackpool website and you can't get to know. You just don't know. Uh, the last we heard is that uh, they were discussing terms. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything since. But he hasn't gone. Not definitely, has he? No, He's not no, gone. No. no. We're still in your chance then, are we? Mm. You never well, know. Mm. Maybe so. And maybe the people listening to the podcast, you know, are probably hearing all sorts of tales at work or, or, or probably know friends of friends and so on. Mm. Um, although we're only, only doing the podcast fairly infrequently, and if you're on the writing to us at podcast at onthepontien.com, um, we'll try and get things out on the site as quickly as possible. Um, I've also set something up via Twitter, which is called the Twibe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> and on there, I can actually post frequent <coughs> updates about transfer news as well. But uh, you know, write into us first of all, or visit us at twitter.com on the Ponty end, and uh, I'll try and get the latest transfer news uploaded onto to the website for the benefit of everyone that's listening to the program. Um, just regarding um, away trips, I'm going to just set a bit of a challenge here this evening, guys. Um, and again, probably invite other people to take part as well. Um, I'm going to invite Mick, probably, to, to allow me to offer something <laughs> on a competition. Just put you on the spot here, Mick. Any chance of giving away a free meal for two down here? And I'll yeah, it'd be Sunday carvery, yeah. I don't see any problem with that. Come down a little bit, about, come down and enjoy a bit of hospitality down here yeah. with, with, with Mick. <laughs> uh, for everybody that enters this particular competition, I'll get Nick, uh, Mick to knock out a voucher, maybe 10% off a carvery or something like that, Mick. He likes spending my money, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no That's problem. Not, not a problem at all. No. We'll do something for you on this. There's going to be a new away kit launched shortly. I'd like to see either if somebody's got the foresight to guess what it is or just make us a lucky guess. But for every entrant, we'll send you out a voucher that you can come down here and spend with Mick and, uh, and have, a, have a meal or whatever. And to uh, the lucky winner that's drawn out, can you tell us what the um, away colour strip's going to be this season? Perhaps the home shirt, the shorts and the socks? And uh, again, I'll get some uh, some entries actually out there on the uh, website, and just see if we can have a bit of a, a gamble on this one. Last week we introduced Jeff, and um, one of the unique things about Jeff is that he's, he's a fountain of knowledge on a lot of things. Um, you're just not sure what he knows and what he doesn't know until you start talking about it. Um, as I say, you know, I've probably known Jeff only as a, as a customer coming into to the full house, and, uh, and as I say, you never really know what he knows, but. I just want to test this a little bit around the table tonight, guys. Mick, I know you've got a question for Jeff. Yeah, um, one of my heroes where I remember as a, as, a, as a young teenager or a player called Tony Layton, and not many people that I speak to can remember him. Can you remember him, Jeff? Yeah, he uh, sent a forward and uh, he either, I think he went from us to Huddersfield and I think he came from Doncaster uh, to us. Uh, centre forward, not very big, big goal scorer, but uh, one thing about him, he had a terrific leap on him, he could get up, he could, uh, it's f probably five, eight or nine, and he could beat the six footers in the air. I remember one particular incident, when they just, uh, a centre floated over and it looked as, as though it was going miles over his head, and they left him and he just simply leapt up and headed <laughs> into the back of the net, you know, unattended. Uh, they tell me he was also a good cricketer, but uh, he, he was in a, a knockout at Shaw Lane, I once told me, one, and, and not one of the local knockouts, mm -hmm. one of these where they have the Bradford League players and all those in, and, and he could really tonk the ball at cricket. Um, yeah. But he got a lot of goals for Barnsley, 20-odd mm -hmm. um, in the season, I can't remember the exact number. Mm -hmm. uh, I know McCormick's got the record at 33, that's <laughs> in all the record books per season. Mm -hmm. 
but he, that, that particular season. But it, it, he didn't seem to be here all that long, uh, it, but I'm sure he went to Huddersfield. Oh, and yeah. I think he came from Doncaster to us, but it's 60s we're talking about, early 60s. Yeah. No, Eric Winstanley will be able to tell you more about that because he was <laughs> in the same team. <laughs> and I think that's, that's marvellous stuff. I mean, I think there's a, there's a whole period in, in, in Barnsley's history that I think if you go beyond sort of 85, mm. there's absolutely nothing there because all the popular press covered what would have been the old first division. Mm. And in fact, you know, the, the days now where we've got constant, you know, televised football... You were lucky if you might get the odd match every other mm. weekend. Mm. And that's even probably me being a band. So, mm. you know, there's a whole history mm. of Barnsley out there that, that's probably unknown mm. at the moment. And I'm sure plenty of people listening to this know, know their own little stories as well about either, mm. you know, players that, that they know personally or, or, or certain matches that they watched. Uh, and I'd invite people to, to write in with, uh, you know, their fountains of knowledge. But more importantly, one of the things that I'd like to do is just for a bit of fun is, is test Jeff. So if there's a question out there that you'd like to ask Jeff about, you know, Barnsley's history, uh, maybe something that's always bothered you, whether a certain player ever made it into the first team or, um, you know, who's got the record for the most substitute appearances, which might be the most bizarre question, we'll test Jeff and see if Jeff actually knows uh, what it's all about. Um, just another memory from Saturday Lads, and I just wonder what your take is on this, that, um, OK, we only had 5,000 fans there, but it's still, mm. still 5,000 people walking away from the game and club shop mm. was shop. Mm. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, of, yeah. you know, some of the commercial opportunities that are there at the moment. Mm. Um, missing a trick, aren't they? They mm. are missing a no. trick. Yeah. And, you know, I think everything was promoted in the, in the programme, you know, regarding some new clothing that, that, that we're releasing. Mm. Obviously, there's a new, yeah. there's a new home shirt mm. down there yeah. at the moment and, and, and 5,000 captive people. Mm. Especially after we've won a feel-good yeah. factor. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure they, they would have probably sold another 10 or 15 shirts probably mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after the game you know because before the game nobody knew what to expect but we put a good performance up we won mm-hmm. so yeah. dad can I have a shirt go on yeah. you know so I think you missed a trick there Barsley yeah. mm-hmm. really do definitely no, yeah. I think so as well but all in all I think Saturday were a, were a good day you know, I mean, at the end of the day, there are a lot of pluses to be I'll taken out of most performances. Yeah, you know, we're good, you know, yeah. right? It's nice, and you think, hey, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as, as I understand and, it, and as, as fans, that's what we want. Yeah. We want them to do as well as they can, you know. I mean, we're not here to slam them down and stuff like that, but we just want things to be be good, good at club, you know, right? And mm-hmm. and as fans, come out of game with a smile on his face and thinking, well, yeah, we've played well there. Yeah. We, yeah. we talked uh, last week briefly about the television money and I, I mentioned the fact that a few games had been uh, announced, mm-hmm. both by Sky and BBC, and it was all Newcastle and the big clubs. Mm-hmm. I've since seen the list up to the end of November and right. we're not even mentioned um, mm-hmm. for a match. I dare say they might be able to slot one or two in before then, which sometimes happens. But again, it's it's all the the so-called big clubs, and even the so-called big clubs in Division One get preference to us. Yeah. Leeds, Norwich, Charlton, Southampton. Yeah. They uh, are featured mm-hmm. in quite a few of them. Yeah. I just wonder. I've always won- recently I've wondered um, how much we actually make out of a game at home because people stay away. We yeah. get. X amount of money, but so many people stay away, and I don't know what the um, the mathematics works mm. out. You know, for that. Yeah, for how many teams? Um, yeah, we, ha- we we haven't been on playing Sheffield Wednesday at home, but, but if that happened, I'm sure that I'm sure we wouldn't make any profit at all on that because uh, you know so many would stay away. Yeah, I mean, is there, is there is there anybody listening at the moment that would describe himself as one of these stay away fans? I mean, 
do you have a particular reason why you don't, you don't come to Oakle at the moment? Um, and if anything changed at the club, what would see you coming back either infrequently for the odd game or, or perhaps as a season ticket holder? Maybe we can feature some of your stories uh, on a future episode as well. I'm just looking down the fixture list though, lads. Uh, probably some of those fixtures that might justify putting the Reds on, on TV. And um, I suppose once you get beyond November, the only highlights that I can actually see down here is, is possibly those games that, that, that you're kind of mentioning, Jeff. I mean, we've got that home tie against Jeff Wednesday in January. But there's, there's really nothing at home that would tempt probably the cameras to come down and no, see us. No. Um, although we do have a, a very choice fixture against Newcastle, that's St mm. James's Park in, in December. Yep. According to the ad that Barnsley have put in the uh, Independent this week, season ticket sales are on that on and up. They seem to be doing quite a lot of package both for corporate companies and private individuals when they take their slice of Barnsley Football Club up. Um, looking around at the billboards, there don't seem to be many gaps there at the moment. Um, and all in all, they seem to be doing a, a great deal to encourage people into Barnsley Football Club this season. If nothing changed at the moment, I'm happy that enough's been done at this stage to probably make the next leap. But as I say, I'm starting on a level playing field here. Everybody's got to do wrong before I'm going to start criticising, I think, this mm. season. That probably sounds controversial from me. Mm. Um, does anyone's opinion differ tremendously from, from that? How do you feel at the moment, mate? I'm quite happy um, where we are at the, at the moment. Um, as, I mean, it, it's, it's an obvious fact we need three or four players. If we can, uh, if we can get that, then I, I'm quite optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't get the, the three or four players, it all depends for me on how we start the season. If 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 we can get three wins out at first six and mm-hmm. get a bit of momentum going, then I think we're in a chance. But if if we lose four or five of them and end up winning the bottom three, we're struggling. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at that picture list now. It's Chef Wednesday away. Uh, my first fixture is Coventry at home. Side that we've not done too well against in in the previous couple of seasons. In fact, I can remember getting an hiding from them. Mm. I think four times over the last couple of seasons. Am I right, am I right in saying that it's the third season on the top? They've been the first home match. Yeah, I think mm. so. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and am I right in thinking it on both occasions we've been beat four one? Uh, on one occasion, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. I think it was was it one. One nil, perhaps last yeah. time. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't uh, bet on that. But um, and then we've got a last season playoff side in, in the likes of Preston that we're next, next playing at home. Um, a resurgent Leicester, um, which we have to play away, and then uh, then Reading, and that's that's <laughs> the first. That's the first it's five not, fixtures. It's not but, easy, is it? You know, you go read the next five, and you've got Watford, Derby, um, Swansea, QPR, and West Brom. They don't get any don't easier, get any lads, do they? No. It, it always looks like that for the last few seasons, and you think, well, you know, we, it's difficult for us to beat those teams. But okay, we, we've been in the lower half of the league, but we do we do pull off wins over over these so-called good teams. Um, um, it's, <laughs> it always looks a, a big hill to climb when you look at the, the good teams that are in this division, but we do, we do manage it. Yeah, uh, certainly the first half of the season. It's, yeah. it's after Christmas that we have the trouble. Well, I mean, I remember writing a particular article for. Um, on the Ponty end, this time last season, just looking at the season ahead and um, looking at the managers and the teams that were going to be fighting for promotion, you'd say, first of all, Paul Jewell had the track record to take Derby back to the Premiership, yeah. given what he'd done before, and QPR being held as the Chelsea of the Championship. Yeah, that's and, right. You know, in terms of both Derby and QPR, when, when the final shake-up occurred, mm. nowhere to be seen. No. Um, and how many should we have won at Derby? About 3-0? It was 0-0? Yeah, probably mm. so. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure in anyone's mind who the, who the front runners are at the moment, but um, you'd have to probably put Newcastle there. Mm. Yeah. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Mm. And um, and possibly, you know, the likes of, um, you know, a West Brom, mm. again, mm. In, in kind of the top mm. three. And probably none of those three will actually mm. the people there at, at the yeah. end of uh, at the end of the road, yeah. as it were. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it just goes to show you over the, over the course of a season, managers will change. Mm. Um, there'll be high expectations placed on some of these these bigger squads at the moment, and maybe amongst that is a bit of room for us to to fight for our own way to to get to mm-hmm. sort of mid-table security. Well, that's what you can only hope for at the moment, I suppose. <laughs> G- going back to the signings, the question of signings, there's been a couple of comments, and I, I can't tell you exactly who made them, but from a couple of managers recently, indicating that they don't expect anything to happen until the end of this month, because everybody's jockeying for... Higher transfer. I mentioned this briefly last time. Higher mm. transfer fees uh, in the case of those who were selling, and lower ones in the case of those who were buying. And one manager, I think, referred to it as something like, "We haven't had the mad week yet of uh, of, of the um, of the transfer window." Right. A, a phrase of that nature. It wasn't exactly that. Yeah. So I think a lot of people expect it to uh, hot up a bit, you know, yeah. um, towards the end of the month as, as the season starts. Well, I think, you know, one of the shrewdest guys out there has got to be Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm. And when he, he says that, you know, the, the transfer market's inflated at the moment, mm. Um, mm. even though, obviously, these senior transfers, you like see Ronaldo's mm. ultimately not affecting the division like the Championship, it's got to filter down all mm. of football, ultimately. And probably mm. there are a lot of players now that whose prices are probably overinflated. Mm. Um, and, you know, Simon Davey does also say in that advertisement that, you know, it's got to be regarded as one of the quietest transfer seasons so far. Mm. Um, you've got to believe, you know, the man that's on the telephone at the end of the day is saying it's quiet. Mm. Maybe expectations should be, like Jeff said, maybe in the next couple mm. of weeks we'll, we'll see something happening. Mm. Just looking ahead towards um, the next friendly. The likes of Man City assembling a World Eleven <coughs> down there. <laughs> mm. um, in as much that playing, you know... Um, Against Trinity can't be the right kind of preparation for a season. He's getting beat ten nil. Yeah, from your own I know. Fans, the right I've kind had of exactly the same thought. Was it five nil against Wigan last season? Yeah, and that can't yeah. be good for confidence. I, I know exactly what you mean. Mm. Uh, the first instance you mentioned is it too easy, and then the second instance, if yeah. you get yeah. hammered, is it bad on uh, on morale, yeah. on confidence? Yeah, and I agree entirely. Has there been the right blend of pre-season fixtures altogether? Because I think we're going from the likes of um, Bradford, you know, against Bridgetonity. We're going to be playing Bradford, I think, away mm-hmm. at their ground shortly, and then and then then back to Man City. Is there another way of planning this? Probably with with teams, you know, maybe a division. I mean, only a division, probably below us. Well, it never seems to happen that way, does it? Has um, it never happened that way, though, Jeff? I mean, has pre-season's always no. been about non-league opposition, and then maybe from somebody from the I division. There's one yeah, thing. I mean we've won this pre-season games, yeah. which is something we've not done in past six, six goals, isn't it? In the last two games, yeah. you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not so that one. That's, that's sorry, bit, sorry, Paul. It's something that's happened. You know, we've played and we've struggled against teams that's non-league teams. You know, yeah. like workshop and things mm-hmm. like that, and mm-hmm. you know, not knowing which which strength the team bars is put out. Yeah, but we, we seem to have struggled and. It's a thing where, you know, people are coming out of my shop, you know, right, have a laugh and say, oh, <laughs> they've not won again, have they, you know? Yeah. They get fed up with it, you know, because you think, I wish they would win. Yeah. You know, the pre-season promise, and they've managed to win both of these. 
Okay. Which so, is very good. I can understand if they've only been training for a week, they don't want to play a good side, um, play a non-league team because the players are not, you know, they're not up to it and uh, it's not, they don't need much of an effort basically. Yeah. That, that's okay for the first couple of games. Yeah. And I remember a letter we got not so long ago from uh, um, a chap over in Ireland and uh, I think you know the, the fact of the matter was that he, that he made the point that you know. Barnsley never made enough for beating the likes of Chelsea and then the likes mm. of Liverpool. Mm. Um, looking at how they're assembling this World Eleven, should the likes of Tevez, mm. you know, turn up, and, and, and should the likes of uh, is it Adi Bayo that I hear that they're, they're yeah, trying to bring yeah, in this week? Yeah. Um, and they've already brought in, you know, various other people, and we could even mm. see John Terry back at yeah. Well, mm. um, if and only if, what if Barnsley can beat him? What if Barnsley great, can it? beat him in front of mm. their own fans? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Spot on. Ultimately, you know, use that then as the last game, mm-hmm. um, as, as a springboard into the right, new season. Right. What if we can actually <laughs> go and do it? The difference is, I think they're not they're not expected to go out hell for leather in tackles in matches like this. You know, we, we Barnsley could, or Man City. Barnsley, Barnsley on Man City. You know, mm-hmm. prima donnas, and uh, I don't think Mark Hughes would like it if we if we if we had the same intense tackling uh, defensive system as we had against Chelsea. You know. Um, Although we didn't, we didn't kick Chelsea. That was one thing to our credit. We didn't. We, we beat them fair and square by effort. And we didn't kick them up in the air. It was a bit the other way around, basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I said, we're looking forward now to probably the Man City game, which, uh, as I understand, it's uh, a week on Saturday now, um, and, and, and probably there'll be some other developments. We hope probably in that next sort of couple of weeks, uh, which hopefully we'll be able to talk to you about here on onthepontien.com, the podcast. Um, look, if you've um, missed previous editions, there's one surefire way of making sure you get every new release just as it's, it's out there. If you go and visit iTunes, just type in Barnsley FC or on the Ponty End, you'll find us live on iTunes and you can uh, set up a subscription there and guarantee future downloads of all new episodes as they happen. As we've said time and time again, this is all about you, the Barnsley fans. This is your opportunity to write in and, and tell us just what's bothering you at the moment, your views, your comments. Um, or possibly even transfer rumours, given it's that time of year at the moment. Um, write into us at onthepontien.com, or should I say podcast at onthepontien.com, <laughs> and we'll make sure things uh, either go live on the web immediately, or alternatively, we'll try and feature many of your letters and stories in future editions. For the time being, lads, thanks very much for your company again. Um, and until we meet next time, come on, you Reds. No, you Reds. <laughs>